this is Chris, co-owner of Move Weight. I'm the only man on uh, on the podcast today. Right? It's a little weird, a little strange, a little strange when you when you're talking to yourself and there's no one to respond to you, right? But and we're gonna we're gonna do this, right? So yesterday was Thanksgiving. My thoughts on Thanksgiving, you know, it's a holiday. We celebrate it. It's a time to kick back and reflect. One one thing that I one thing that I find is that we shouldn't use holidays <laughs> as the only time of the year where we have to either show gratitude or reflect or do this or do that. It should be something that's done every single day. We can get into the whole historically what the what the holiday meant and stuff like that, but why does that matter? I mean, it, it throws the conversation, throws a curveball in the conversation, which History is history, right? We don't define ourselves by the past. We shouldn't define ourselves by our past, right? Because if that was the case, then <laughs> I would be a lost cause. We put it like that. So, you know, we, we didn't have a, our, the typical, you know, turkey. You know, we, we actually ordered out, you know, got some uh, Capitol Grill, ate some steaks, some lobster mac and cheese and so on and so forth. You know, so it was it was it was pretty chill, pretty laid back, right? Nothing too spectacular. And you know, I I think it's gonna be the same for for Christmas, right? You know, Christmas. The kids love Christmas. You know, they got you got Santa bringing them toys and all that stuff. But once again, another holiday where you know we tend to use that as the time to do all of our reflection and all that. But I just believe that you should be reflecting every every single day, right? It should be some sort of some sort of reflecting, reflecting that's happening, you know, just to keep, just to keep the mind balanced, just to keep, just to keep things rolling. That's the feeling. That's how I feel about holidays. I won't get into the nitty gritty details, but that's how it is. So, you know what? Let me tell, I'll tell a little bit of my story. And I'm doing this for all those people out there that, that struggle, that struggle day to day with their what we call the demons, right? Those things that pull us away from from reality, right? My demon, addiction, right? It was, it was alcohol. That was my demon. That was the thing that was that was pulling me away from the wonders of of reality. So, you know, how did it start? How does your st- your story start, Chris? So, we'll we'll go from the beginning. I was born in Queens, New York, Flushing. I believe it was Elmhurst Hospital. My mother was a uh, Haitian immigrant, came over from Haiti. She is since then, she's, she, I mean, now she's an American citizen, but she was an immigrant at the time. She had me and then she sent me. I stayed and then I believe I was sent to Haiti from infancy to about six or seven years old, came back. But that's a common thing that happens in the Haitian culture. It may happen in other cultures, right? Where the parent, the immigrant parent would have the baby here in the U.S. and send them back to get taken care of while the parent works and sends money and stuff like that. So that's just, that's normal for us in our culture. Well, let me just say in, in my family, I'll say that there might be families out there that don't do that. So let me be uh, mindful of that. So my mother, she was a very hardworking lady. She worked in the hotel industry. She did the, she was the housekeeping. So the lady that cleans your room after you, after you stayed in there. Right, provide you towels and all that good stuff, right? So that's what she did for thirty some years, thirty thirty plus years. You know, hard worker, right? You know, she's she's gone through layoffs, all that good stuff. But she was able to keep me and my sister fed, keep us safe, and you know, 
provide us with an education, right? I went to Catholic school on St. Anthony. So anyone that's listening, I don't think St. Anthony's exists anymore. I grew up in South, South Ozone Park, Queens, AKA South Jamaica, Queens, 50 Cent made it like famous and all that. I started watching the Book of Canaan and it's actually filmed out there. So it's, it's a little nostalgic for me to see that. But, you know, growing up, growing up in the, in the nineties for me was, you know, it was, it was real. It was raw, right? It was, it was a lot going on. I, you know, there was, there was drugs, my block, you know, I had, you know, drugs, crack, all that good stuff, right? Prostitution, you know, people, you know, hooked on this, hooked on that. So addiction was, was always there. Addiction was, was relevant to me. Although, you know, at my age, I didn't understand what addiction was. And I think, you know, in inner cities, I think, you know, now these days, addiction is kind of like, uh, you know, people are noticing and, you know, understanding what addiction is and addiction is a disease. But, you know, back then it was just like, all right, that person, you know, that person's a crackhead, you know, stay away from them. That's, that's basically what it was. No one really sat down and explained like, you know, if you put a substance in your body, you will get addicted to it and it will ruin your life and all that. You know, it was, it was like, you know, a whole crack is whack, you know, type thing. You know, don't do drugs. Like, yeah, you can tell somebody not to do drugs, not to drink, not, not to do this, not to do that. But are they really going to listen? I don't know. But, you know, my, my first taste of alcohol was, I feel like I was 10, 10 or 11, me and my cousin. New Year's, right? New Year's, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve to enter New Year's, New Year's Day, you know, in the Haitian culture, because the next day is the Haitian independence, I believe Jan- January 1st is Haitian independence. So it's a big celebration, right? So, you know, we stay up all night, you know, there's the prayers and all that stuff that happens. And then once the ball drops, there's the big celebration, right? So the celebration, we took part of that. So what we did was we stole a few bottles of champagne. We took those things to the face and voila, I was drunk for the first time in my life. And boy, did it feel good. Right? I felt free. I felt alive. I felt, I felt like I was, I was floating on air until it all kicked in and I was throwing up and it was just a mess. And I, I, I really feel like I was like 10 or 11, maybe 12. I, I don't know. It was, it was that range, some, somewhere, somewhere along that line. I remember my mother throwing me in a cold shower and putting me to bed. Yeah. Don't remember a hangover because when you're that age, I guess you don't get a hangover. You just, I don't know, but I don't remember having a hangover. So, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, 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 I just took it easy, right? I didn't really, really think much of alcohol. I didn't say, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm never drinking again. Never told that. I know to told myself that, but I didn't really take it there for a long time until I was about, you know, 16, until I was like up in high school. I had my second, you know, real experience with alcohol. But, you know, up to then, you know, I got involved. I started playing football, you know, did did pretty well for myself, right? I was one of the bigger kids, uh, bigger, fast kids, you know, that can, that, can, that can do things. I was athletic. And, you know, I played for an organization called the Queens Falcons. And it was a great experience. I met one of my, my best friends. So, Rayon, if you're out there, you're listening. Shout out to you. Through the Queens Falcons, met some great coaches. and. You know, it, it kind of took off from there, right? Queens Falcons had a run to daylight program led by the fearless Tim Cavanaugh, if you're listening. Another shout out. And the, the program basically took inner city kids and put them in prep schools, right? Helped them get into prep schools, which was great, right? Especially for, for, for kids like me. Like, 
I'm, you know, I was, I was kind of, kind of just going along with the motion, right? Go, going, going through the motions. And this up, great opportunity came up and, and I, and we took it and ran. So myself and my best friend, we both got accepted. We said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So we did it. And so I got to this boarding school and it was predominantly white and it was a culture shock for me, but I, I learned to, to work with it, right? I learned to incorporate myself into this world that I was not, I never thought I would, I would ever, I would ever be in. And I met people and I opened up and, you know, I, I got into, you know, modern dance. I got into theater and I started doing all these wonderful things, you know, playing football, basketball, doing all these wonderful things. I even had the opportunity to, to be the, to be the class president, but, you know, alcohol always played a theme in my life. My second, you know, major <laughs> rager with alcohol was, was, you know, I was 16 and, and, you know, I had a little too much Jack and, and I felt it, but don't remember the hangover. Right. The next one that was meaningful was when I was a school president and I drank on a trip on a, on a trip to Bermuda. Right. We were doing like some biology or coral reef exploration or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I have checked my facts, but yeah, coral reef exploration. We will call it coral reef exploration. So we're doing, we were doing that. And at that time, we were a group of us were, you know, of age to drink, but we weren't allowed to drink because we were with the school. Right. So, you know, we we got a bottle and we, we got drunk and we got caught. And I had stepped down as president of the school, right? It was very humiliating time for me. Very, very humili- humiliating. And I remember, you know, one of the things that I first said for my, like, my, my speech, my candidate speech was, you know, do the right thing, right? So, you know, I ended with what I, with, with what I, with what I said, right? Do the right thing. And I, and I thought doing the right thing was me stepping down as president, which was sad. It was sad. It was, you know, I, I worked for it and, and there it was, and, and alcohol took it away from me. But was there a lesson learned? Yeah. The lesson was don't drink and get caught. <laughs> that was basically the lesson. And then alcohol continued to play that same theme, you know, into my early adult life, right? You know, losing keys, phones, and stuff like that, typical stuff. You know, then, then I met my, you know, my wife and all that stuff. And, you know, I thought with that, I would slow down, but I didn't. Through college, you know, same thing, right? Blacking out, but, but that's expected in college. So kind of skip over that. But then, like I said, in early adult life, it didn't become an issue until, you know, I moved out to California. You know, I had a great opportunity to work for a great company and, and it was working out. But I ended up getting a DUI in Cali. And the DUI just meant, oh man, damn, you know what? Maybe I should move back to the East Coast. Right. So I can, so I can get my life together. Right. You know, it wasn't like, yo, Chris, you got a problem. You, you get it. Now, now you're getting DUIs and stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't that important. It was just like, let's make sure that, you know, you don't have to do jail time. And stuff. And, you know, so, you know, just trying to clean up the mess. It was more of that than, you know, looking inside and seeing, and seeing what was up. And then my tolerance grew and I started, you know, heavy drinking, blacking out going on benders, right? Week long, two week long benders. And and that just became a constant, man. It became a constant in my life. Even when I had my first child, right? I thought, you know, I'm gonna stop drinking because, you know, I I had my first child. Even when I got married, right? You know, seven years ago, right? I'm, uh, yeah, I should stop drinking. 
Oh, my, my wife will be happier. Nah, kid, doesn't work that way, right? It's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not surrendering to the external things that helps, right? Surrendering to the external things like such as family members, wives, husbands, kids, right? Doing it for those, for that, it doesn't work. It does, it, I'm telling you now, it doesn't work. But I tried it, right? I tried everything. Oh, you know, I got into powerlifting, right? In my uh, early 30s. And I was like, uh, you know, maybe if I powerlift, you know, I'll stop drinking. And, and, and it worked for like, you know, a few months. It worked, right? Because, you know, I, I was prepping for a meet and stuff like that. But as soon as I was done, I was right back at it. Even before a meet, like a week before a meet, I, I got blasted. I was about to not even do the meet because I, I went on a bender. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to suck it up and, and do it. And I ended up doing I did well. So, you know, no, no big deal. But no lesson was learned from that, right? So, you know, as this insidious disease, right, this, this thing kind of crept up on me and, and kind of took over, I really started not being able to see myself, right? I started losing myself in the, in the booze. You know, you ever hear the term get, getting lost in the sauce, right? Not only do you lose yourself physically, but you lose yourself mentally and spiritually. And you feel broken. I felt, I felt real broken. And my last bender, I really took it there. Right? I took it. I took it to a place. It was a dark place. Very, very dark place. The sun didn't come out for me for a good week straight. There was no sun. There was no sunlight in my, in my life. It seemed like every day was nighttime. Because I was drinking from sunup to sundown, right? And my last one, you know, I just had enough, man. I I wanted to just die. I wanted to end it all. It just got too dark. The pressure became too much. And in that darkness, my awakening happened. That's the beauty of it, right? In that dark, very dark, dark place, the awakening happened. And I remember, you know, that night, I, I, I attempted to kill myself. Like I put a knife to my neck, and I was like, I'm going to do it. But then I passed out in the bed with a knife in my hand, and my wife came in the house because she, she left with, uh, with our child because I was, she, she didn't want to be around that. And she saw me with the knife, and she was like, yo, what are you doing with a knife in your hand? And I knew something was up. I was like, I need help. So I went and got help. Went and got help, put myself in treatment. And then I took off from there. And that was the first step for me, right? Instead of grasping at external factors, right? I started to take ownership of my life. Because if I didn't, I knew I was going to die. And I wasn't ready to die. I wasn't ready to die like that. I wasn't ready to die through suicide. Nah, nah, nah. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. And so I went to the root of the problem. In treatment, I stayed in treatment for close to 50 days, like 47 days, something like that. I, I can't remember. My sobriety date is uh, January 10th. This year will make three years. And I found Buddhism. I'm not a Buddhist. I study it. I read about it. it teaches me a lot about life and how to look internally, knowledge of self, right? I found that. And I realized that I hold the key to my healing. Interesting, right? Because you would have thought, I thought that, you know, sobriety was, was about, you know, something else, right? Like, you know, like you got to follow these rules when da, da, da. 
but I, I realized that it's all on you to, to, to look at the shame, the guilt, those past transgressions and all, all that good stuff and, and start to accept them and not be afraid of my past and not identify as my past, right? Because that, 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 a lot of that happens too, right? We identify as our past and it's just like, yeah, our past is our past, but we don't have to, we don't have to be our past. Like if we're living in the present time experience, we don't have to be that. So I learned, I learned that if I'm present, if I, if I learn to love myself, if I learn to have compassion for myself, if I learn to accept happiness when happiness comes and allow it to go when it needs to go, accept a feeling of anger when it comes and allow it to go when it needs to go. I'm going to be all right. When the cravings come to, you know, stop at the liquor store and get a bottle, that's a part of life. It's going to happen where I just want to, I just want to skip. I just want to skip reality and just go and just go somewhere else. I accept those thoughts, those feelings, and I'm able to stay sober one day at a time which is amazing. It's this journey that I'm on is literally minute by minute, hour by hour, second by second, day by day. The minute that I think that I got it, I don't got it. I need to go back to the basics, you know, and and, and how does this all connect to performing performance? It wasn't until I got sober that I realized that I was strong. I'm stronger than I've ever been in my life. You know, these substances, all the, they, they, they really hold you back. They hold, they hold us back and, and they, and they put us in and they put our bodies through stress and, and they don't allow us to perform at our highest level. When we're coming off a substance and we try to perform, we're, we're just, we're barely scratching the surface. We're just happy to be here. Right. But when we're at the, you know, performing at an ultimate level, and with our, with our highest self, something different happens, right? Something wonderful happens. So, you know, I'll, I'll tell my story again, you know, with the guys and stuff like that. But I think, you know, it was, it was important to just, just be alone today and kind of work through it, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm letting you into to my story. And I hope that it helps you in some kind of way. Whatever you're struggling with, Hope it allows you to open up and, 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 and see how what you're struggling with can really weigh you down and how you can liberate yourself, free yourself from the grips of substance, addiction to whatever, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs, you know what I mean? It could be whatever. And you're addicted to watching Netflix, right? Because it's, Netflix is taken away from your life. You're, you're missing things. You're not engaging with the world and so on and so forth, right? So that's an addiction. So, you know, on my IG, I'm doing these series about meditation and stuff like that. And, you know, follow that, right? At Chris Coach underscore Chris underscore Leon, right? On, on IG, right? Follow me. And I have some, you know, I have some, and, you know, some things to say about meditation why meditation is important. Meditation is key to my sobriety. It's one of the building blocks to my sobriety because meditation allows you to look within. Looking within is key. 
because that's where you're going to find the questions. And that's also where you're going to find the answers to those things that you've been wanting to know. Right. Can you dig that? Yeah, I dig it. Now, if you if you listen into this, right, I love you. And I'm sending all of the healing energy that I can through the waves, through the Internet to you. And just know that we, the Performance for Life podcast, will always be there for you. Just hit us up. Send us a DM. Comment on this podcast. Just as long as you just reach out. You got to ask. You got to ask for help. That's the key. And there will be somebody there to to help you. So I'm going to leave it at that tonight. Thank you very much. Love you all. Much meta to you all. And like I said, hit up the IG at coach underscore Chris underscore Leone. Peace and take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay sober. Peace. Peace.